Right. Is that everyone you think? Okay, good deal. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm I'm do a, a machine gun testimony real quick, um, just so that you can see how your amygdala can change your world and it literally be almost instant. Not exactly instant, but it's really close. Um, for about 30 years of my life, um, I tried everything that I possibly could to step into what I'm walking in right now, which I believe since I was 12 was my destiny. That um, I thought I was going to be like a psychologist or something, and I knew I was going to help hurt people. I used to tell people that when I was little, and they'd laugh at me, and I'd get mad because they'd laugh, and I'll show you. But they didn't believe in me, and guess what? I didn't believe in me either. I just didn't know it. And so for, I, I had five books, three television shows, two radio shows, and could teach you what I'm teaching you now, and could not get an invitation back. And it's like, they would hug my neck, cry, signs and wonders would follow, and couldn't get an invitation back. How is that possible? How is it possible that I could have a television show go from Florida to California for 13 weeks and not even get one email that says, you suck, get off the air? Isn't that crazy? Like, just the, just the law of large numbers alone should have gotten one email. But I didn't believe I was received. Now, I won't go into the story because it would take too long. But I believed I was rejected. I believed I didn't fit. I believed I was different. I really believed I wasn't loved. But mainly, I believed I, didn't, I, I wasn't wanted. That was what I believed in my amygdala. If you'd asked me that, my frontal lobe would have said, Oh, no, I'm loved in Jesus' name. I'm the head and not the tail. I am blessed coming and going. Goodness and mercy chase me down and overtake me. I said all the right stuff, but my amygdala didn't believe it. Now, in December, November of 2014, I had a vision. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Uh, smoke came in my nose, and I thought my house was on fire. Michael said, I don't smell smoke. I said, it must be God. So I ran and got my computer, sat on my couch, had this vision. And the vision was real grand. It had, like, lions in it and fire and, and flood and explosion and doves and all kinds of stuff. But in the vision, I had one little couple little sentences, and this is what it said. Go back into your memories and you will find that I was always with you. I've never left you nor have I forsaken you. And I just kind of looked over that spot and didn't pay much attention to it. And then in March of 2015, I went back into a memory. I was six years old. I was drowning. And in that memory, my entire memory flooded me. Like, even, what, even things I didn't remember right when I got out of the water. And this is what my thought process was when I was in the water. I'm drowning. Where are they? I knew they didn't love me. Why aren't they here for me? Am I going to die by myself? Now, my mama loved me, and I'm telling you, would have never let me in that river by myself. I'm sure I snuck off. I had been swimming for three whole years, and I thought I could swim good. I was six. But I was drowning. I was pinned up against a log under the water. So I remember swimming to the bottom of the log and digging out and thinking, okay, I'm, I could probably get my head through, but I wonder if my shoulders would get stuck. And then I thought, well, what if I get all the way through, but then I can't get up because there's another log. I better not go under. But then I couldn't get up. I was pushing off with the sand, but the, every time I pushed up, the, the, the current would push me back against the log. And I remember God speaking to me and saying, Angela, don't fight the water. You know you'll drown. I'm with you. Put your right foot down. 
there's a log. Find the log. I put my right foot down. I pushed up. And I got up out of the water. And God said, do you think you got out of that water by yourself? You see, I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I love you. You're not alone. It's not possible for you to be alone. Now, when that emotional release happened on me, my amygdala shifted. I, my body vibrated so much. And this is, there are 78 witnesses. I was on a stage, on a wooden stage. There were 10 people on the stage with me. I was on a massage table laying on my back. And I was covered up with a sheet. My body vibrated so much that the stage vibrated with 10 other people on it with me. God is my witness and there are witnesses there. Some of it got recorded. Out of my hands, the power that was coming out of my hands felt like jacuzzi jets on high. Out of my feet, out of the top of my head, my belly, and my back. Other people came up and touched me and got healed. I couldn't even open my eyeballs. They were vibrating in my head. Now, why did that happen? For 25 years, God had been teaching me to not hold my emotion down. So when my name got drawn out of the box, I said, Oh, holy Jesus, these people were going to freak out. Because I knew I wasn't going to hold my emotion back. I knew I was going to let Terry was there. Was that freaky? Yeah, it was freaky. But I knew that when I, I said, God, if you don't want me up there, don't let them draw my name. But my steps are ordered. So God, if you're for it, I'm all for it. So I knew when I went that, whatever my emotion was going to be, I, look, if I need to scream, I sc I'll scream. If I need to wail, I wail. If I need to bark, I bark. I don't care. I just won't, I won't hold this. It doesn't matter to me what I look like anymore. And within, that was on a Saturday, on the anniversary of my conception. Go figure that one. In a high holiday, Nissan the first, at a, a solar eclipse on the first day of the Omar. I could, I could do that a long time. I won't, I, won't be, I won't do that. But it's got a lot of stuff in there. That was on Saturday. On Thursday, I was on a phone call that went worldwide, internationally. And I got invitations all over the United States and some international. And guess what? Every place I went, I got invited back. And what I tell you, for 30 years, I couldn't get invited back. Even if they said they loved me, even if they said we're going to have you back, they wouldn't even answer my phone call. But now, they can't not invite me back. <laughs> Why? Because I'm loved. And I'm not rejected. And even if they don't know it yet, I do. So I have to get invited back. Why? Because I'm not in a state of, of rejection. So Ming, I'm going to interview you. Will you come up here with me? You're, yeah, let's do that too. Let's draw. Let's draw. On guard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so um, you want me to draw or you draw? Sure, why don't you, well, you draw. All right, draw. Pow. I don't have glasses on. You can use mine if you need them. Tiffany Turcotte? Tiffany? Tiff, Tiff. You have to be Yay, here to Tiffany. Yay, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go down to the bottom. Yay, Tiffany. Woo! Good morning, sunshine. That's a story about my life. It's a true story. And I tell you all the weird things that happened to me, how I woke up. And so if you, if you got choked a little bit tonight, that'll choke you some oh. more. Get a knife and fork. I'm going to stick this All right, there you go. Okay. Right, here we go. Jean DeLong. Woo, Jean. Okay, this one is... Um, this is the Rudy I see. Yeah, you remember the, talking about the acorn? The acorn. Acorn. This is the story of the acorn. Grown people cry reading that book. That's, it looks like a book for children. 
I cried the first time I read it, and I cried the second time I read it. So I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it looks like a book for children, but it's for the child in you. What that book does is it helps you, when you're in that dark place like the acorn, it helps you endure. Because what you, how do you endure the darkness for the glory set before you? See, that's what Jesus did. He endured the cross because of the glory set before him. That book does the same thing. Right? Okay. So what I'm going to do is, um, Ming, I'm going to ask you a question and you just answer for me. Okay? So after you went through your some first coaching with me, your sessions with me, how much, how awesomely comfortable was that? I was not. I was not comfortable at all. I mean, I, I, yeah. It tell brought up. What happened is I started. I knew Angela was coming, and um, what I did was I was actually in a lot of turmoil over some things. And so I reached out to her and asked her if she would start working with me, and she did from a distance, and it really brought up a lot of debris. Um, it was very, very uncomfortable, very, very painful. Mm -hmm. um, yet I had known, because I had been through, you know, one of her, your, your workshops, uh, that that was what I ought to expect. So. Okay, stay right here. Okay, so um, if you could turn back the clock and avoid those turbulent flathead busted the damn waters that was just bubbling all out of you and freaking you out. Would you turn back the time and not do it? No. Why I not? wouldn't. Why, Why not? not? Because the fruit the fruit that I'm yielding now, the transformation in my life that's happening as a result of, of staying in it. Okay. And I will say though that during part of it there's were there were times I felt that I mean it was just the waters were churning. I just I mean I felt completely overwhelmed i felt complete darkness i felt like actually, the acorn like i guess that like what the acorn feels like and what i actually there were times when i thought "Ooh, i wish i could close this box and just go back because i don't know what to do with this all the feelings that were coming up right um so, so right there just okay. in case um one of the things i do is i do life coaching I call it spiritual life coaching because I'm working with the spirit. I'm not really here to work with you about your business or your sports or, or any of that kind of stuff. But if I work with you in your heart and that gets whole, out of the heart flow all the issues of life. And so it really does make a difference. So did your shifts, your quantum amygdala change, did it affect, any, you don't have to get details, but did it affect anyone else in your family other than you? Because I've heard somewhere that a little leaven leavens a whole lump. <laughs> yeah, a little leaven leavens a whole lump, yeah. Um, it actually did. I, I had a session about a week ago. Uh, first of all, it started uh, last, I guess, about a month and a half ago, and I know a couple months ago, uh, but I had a really profound sort of amygdala shift. Uh, a little over a week ago, and within 24 hours, my um, someone I'm related to who lives far away had a uh, something that was very disruptive in her own life that I that actually brought up things for her that was going to enable her to do. So I, I knew that those things couldn't be unrelated. Something happened as well with uh, another one of my daughters, and um, there are some other things that have been happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so basically what we're saying is, is that when, when the shifts take place in her, it, she's already connected to everyone. And those the closest to her will actually begin to experience transformation and they won't even know why. And that happens in both directions, with fear and with love. So the more that Ming knows that she's loved, the more the people around her will feel loved by Ming and will reach out and reconnect with her in the area of love, and that will then change their lives. So a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. All right. 
So, so don't think that this is a quick fix. It's not. If you read the last chapter of my book first, you'll see that I'm telling you it is hard. This is not an easy path. This, is, this doesn't feel good. If it felt good, you would have never read in the first place. If it felt good, you would never run. You know that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. It only changes forms. Is a frequency a form of energy? Guess what? It'll change forms. It can make a tumor. It can break a leg. It can make cancer. It can mess up your pancreas. It can kill a bladder. It can do it. But when, you, when it changes, it can do just the opposite. If fear is that powerful, how much greater is love? <laughs> 